Welcome back to Return to Oz Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the 1985 Disney film Return to Oz one minute at a time. My name's Tierney Steele. And mine's still Mike Carlucci. And we've got our special guest coming back for another day. Hey, everybody. Uh, Glad to be back. This has been a lot of fun uh, having a great week with you guys. Thank you. Thanks. And you're still Brad as well, right? You haven't changed your name either. (laughs) No, 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 no. No no name changing at this point. Not until the the federal rallies get closer to catching me. Yeah. Not rad Brad or anything else. Like Don't start. You're going you're gonna to screw yourself up. Oh, no. Um, before I can get too discombobulated, this is minute 76 of Return to Oz, which starts with the Gnome King looking rather delighted as the lightning flashes dramatically on him. And it ends with him insisting that they guess or visit his fiery something. Cliffhanger. It, it's such a cool cliffhanger for, for the minute by minute and... Hey, we we ran into that so often on Minute of Darkness because there's so many puns and jokes and you know goofy cliffhangers like that, and the worst would be when uh, you know Ash Williams, as portrayed by uh, the excellent Bruce Campbell, would have one of his uh, little you know taglines or one one of his uh, you know famous quips, and it would be cut halfway through. I was like, oh, oh. come on. Yep. Oh, and, and you know we, you, you don't want to you, you don't want to besmirch the uh, the minute by minute brand by cheating into the next minute. So <laughs> I'm trying to think. We've had some split lines, but I don't think any that ruined a joke. I'm trying to think back, and I don't think we've had it. we've had some really great finishes. You know how I was saying yesterday, you're like you know this lightning flashes and you see everyone topple, and that's the end of the minute. Um, we also had, I believe, Jack Pumpkinhead finish the speech of his existence with "Here I am," and then that was the end of the minute. I mean, there's there's been moments. Um, yeah. This one's pretty great. It also it so this minute starts with my first. Oh man, I don't know if I can handle this with the close up on the Gnome King's human eyes. Yeah, that was that was just not okay. That was just a brilliant idea of having the human eyes because it just makes everything creepy and everything a little more real. Ugh. <laughs> uh, Mike, where do you come down on this? The, uh, yeah, I think it's a good it's a good compromise because it it gives you something to to tell that there's been a change in the king. Without going too far, because because his departure from the rock is kind of subtle, but but the eyes you're, you're like wait a minute, look now now you're thinking something is something is weird and he doesn't bring it up, so you're just kind of like this is something to watch. Oh, thinking, wait a minute, I'm thinking get me out of here. <laughs> um, it is only redeemed. This minute is 100% redeemed. The way he says, next, is so good. And then the next thing we hear is TikTok's pick me up. <laughs> so I'm, I'm having a good time again. I'm, I'm over it, even though I thought those eyes were really creepy and I could have done it without the super close-up and the lightning flashes. I'm back on board, and I'm ready to start criticizing Dorothy's agreement to verbal contracts without reading the specifications 
Dorothy, uh, Dorothy's a bit, well, a bit of a whiner. Uh, there's a lot of that's not fair, and uh, in, in that pleading kid voice. And it, it was at that point, watching this, um, I started wondering, it's like, how how old is Dorothy in this film? Or, or how old is the actress, uh, the, the Faithura, butchering her name, of course. So, Feruza Bulk was, like, did we figure out that she was probably 11 during filming? Or was she 11 when uh, it came out? I believe she, she was either 10 or 11 for okay. both parts. We've, do, we've definitely done about, this math, about and it's that about that. And I think Dorothy is also supposed to be, like, 11, maybe 12, but that's the oldest. So it does make it interesting where this you know, we were talking yesterday about how they spent all the extra money to get the to get the rights to the ruby slippers and they're trying to make this a sequel to the classic Wizard of Oz. But then they have I I, I guess the Dorothy Gale in that film probably was fifteen sixteen. So yeah, she's older and. I'm very glad that things had changed between 1939 and 1985, and they didn't force women to play children in the same way anymore. Judy Garland was 16. Okay. So, so. it's interesting the the idea of you know having the younger actress, and there's uh, I I have a I have a lot of problems when I see kid actors in movies. Uh, because so many of them are just terrible, and not by any fault of their own, but it's it's it's, it's hard to be behave and act actually uh, naturally on screen and project all the things you're supposed to project. And it takes a really good director to squeeze the best out of the the child actor. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I on Cosmic Twitter podcast we've talked a lot about the uh, Harry Potter films and uh, I don't like the first two of those movies because Chris Columbus who's known as being a director of children because he did the Home, Al- Home Alone films I think he's a terrible director of kids because he pans out too far and um, kids don't know what to do with their hands when they act and you have like, like it, with the Harry the first two Harry Potter films where the kids were really young you would see Harry like walk down steps and you could just see he got freaked out like I have to act like I'm walking down steps and he looked like he'd never walked down a step before in his life. Oh. <laughs> now see, I I like this exchange. It is definitely whiny. I am not saying it isn't, but it feels more real to me. Like first of all, the way she said, you know, you didn't tell us, you didn't ask. Man, that is every interaction with a grown-up when you're a kid. Because my response is always like, why would I think to ask that? I'm the child. Like, and, and the look on her face when she realizes she's been gotten, that, like, sour look that she has towards the end of the minute is, it just feels very real. Like, that's what a little kid looks like when they're in that situation. Which I guess... It's kind of weird to say because her situation is obviously very fantastical and a blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when when they realize like, oh, you know, like I'm not getting around this by yelling. It's not fair. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, I I just I think it it kind of hits home with me. Maybe because I was one of those people who got told like, well, you didn't ask. And it's like now 
I do think Dorothy should have asked because it was pretty obvious where this was going. <laughs> but but I, I have I have some sympathy for and I, I totally get what you're saying of the the little kid whiny voice is obnoxious enough in real life that it can be kind of rough on screen. But I do feel like there are situations where, yeah, that's the voice they would use, though. It, it's, yes, it, it, that is a, uh, there's certainly validity to that. that that's what kids sound like. And I, I got kids. They, they, I, I hear that voice, you know. Yeah. I, I'm also giving her uh, benefit of the doubt, because not only was this her first movie and she's a child actor, but... I've seen behind-the-scenes photos, and so I've seen her talking to Walter Murch about her character. As we mentioned, this was his directorial debut. He was, uh, I think, sound editor is his most famous credit usually, right? Um, And then George Lucas came to set and helped direct a little bit. And so when you say, you know, child acting great performances, Walter Murch and George Lucas are not the names that come to mind. Oh, no, no. you know what? I think she does a great job. <laughs> what was the what was the kid's name who did the uh, who played young Anakin in the first of the prequels? Uh, Jake Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he he was directed so poorly it just ruined his career and I think took a chunk out of his uh, quality of life because George Lucas doesn't know how to direct kids at all. Yeah. George Lucas is not an actor's director. No. Which can be fine, but especially when you've got young actors, it's like, well, you know, Harrison Ford worked with many other directors and could bring some of that to it. You know, people always say like, oh, you can watch him get better as the movies go on. But if this is your first film, you don't have that experience to pull on. No, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. It, it, no, it's... It... I just, I, I wonder, and there's been, and we've talked about it before um, during the course of our week together, um, that there have been so many different iterations of uh, Wizard of Oz, um, and you have women of all ages and backgrounds. Playing all ages. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, I, I remember growing up, and they would, uh, the one cable channel would play The Wiz, and they had... Um, mm. uh, Diana Ross playing uh, Dorothy, and uh, you're not going to get too much different uh, a, a take on the character than that. So, <laughs> I wonder, but it does make you wonder. It's like, uh, did they were they really trying to make more of a kids movie? And since there wasn't going to be any singing, you don't need to worry about getting a seasoned performer in the role. Yeah, I can see that. And um, just an aside, and he can edit this out. Mike does say he's on his way back. He lost his connection momentarily. Uh-huh. Um, but he is aware and working on it. Um, yeah, no. And it's funny, actually, one thing I was just thinking of as I was finishing that thought was Judy Garland's Dorothy Gale could not pull off this line of, but that's not fair. Because even though that was an actress playing younger, you're right. She was like 16. You know, she was an older teenager. She was still a kid, but only barely in The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And so she could not pull, it's a whiny line, but that's because kids whine sometimes. And you can get away with that if you have a younger actress playing a younger character. But very few of the Dorothys that have been on film could do that because they usually skew a little older. Yeah, and yeah, 
and also of the Dorothy Gale by Julie Garland was also a much more polite, timid character who was just sort of just bumbling through the whole scenario where, you know. That's true. Now, I will give you more timid character. This is a very polite Dorothy Gale. She is just losing her cool here because she just killed her friend, <laughs> essentially. And that will make you cranky. Uh, in yeah, fairness. that'll do it. Um, yeah, that little, when the doorway opens, he says next, and she goes, but where's the gump? It's just like, oh, honey, <laughs> really? Y- y- you are putting this together, right? <laughs> um, how does this read on the page, Mike? Because I know you have the script. I'm just wondering. Uh, so this, this is an exchange that's basically verbatim from, uh, from the 84 draft. Okay, so it's all in the tonal. Okay, I was just wondering if it read any differently when you're staring at it. But you know what? I realize that's a completely unfair question since you've seen this movie so many times. If you're anything like me, now when I read it, you can't help reading it as the lines because that's what they're there. Sound there like. is one one little difference. Uh, Dorothy in the script says, "But you didn't tell us about it," uh, and they drop the "about it" in the final final version which which adds adds a little more i think to the childlike realism like if you're a mad kid and you're like but you didn't tell us yeah you're not gonna say you didn't tell us about it i really think this is the minute that dorothy loses it the most i'm trying to think through everything we've seen her go through in oz up to this point and i'm i'm trying to think of future scenes and i think this is like the minute it all comes crashing down for her yeah, because she's been really composed for a lot, and she came up with the, with the plan. She gets you know she gets captured and thrown out of the tower, and finds Jack and builds Jack, and has to deal with him. Like yeah, she's been running this whole show. TikTok, you know, he could manage it until he want runs down, and then Dorothy has to take over. Like yeah. she got a yeah. short sleep, and that's her only break. She's been keeping herself and everyone else alive. Yeah. Brad, we were theorizing that um, the reason this Dorothy is so much more resourceful and polite, but also not afraid of telling people who she is, is because she's been through the events of the Wizard of Oz. Something of a celebrity here. Mm. (laughs) In that, because there have been so many times where I'm like, why would you tell that person your name? Why would you not, like, talk this through? And I get to point out, like, she's, she's been through some tough stuff and come out the other side and... She's probably feeling pretty uh, resilient after what happened in the quote unquote first movie. Yeah, she's gotten used to this drug trip. She's she 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 knows how to handle it. Yeah, she's much more cool cucumber this go around, but in this minute, she she revert she just becomes the kid again. All of all of the veneer of no i got this i took out the wicked witch of the west this will be fine is just gone when she realizes she's been had by the gnome king you just wait for you just wanted to say he's like do you know who i am because <laughs> people love that that would be amazing oh, to be fair the only story i know of a celebrity actually saying that the celebrity was obviously joking but it's still it's still such a great line. It's one of those. Uh, that's one of those things where you always hear third hand, like, "Well, I heard that," and it's it's yeah. never anyone impressive. It's always like, "I heard the situation from uh, Jersey Shore said, do you know who I am?'" It's like, well, first off, 
if your situation with Jersey Shore, you just don't want people to know. You would think. Yeah. But. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's one of the things that you hear third hand that people say that, but you don't actually know it. It's like, eh, I wonder how often that actually is. <laughs> you, you hope not. Yeah, I know. All right, so oh shoot, I'm blanking on the name of the person, but I worked with her at Borders, which dates this story. Um, she had been a hostess in LA before moving back to Connecticut and getting a job at Borders, like everyone in my hometown. Um, she was a hostess. Someone came up to her who looked very well put together with a very short haircut, uh, who she did not recognize as Jamie Lee Curtis with a pixie, you know, when she cut her hair really short for the first time. And I mean, how often do you see Jamie Lee Curtis? It's not like a you know, she's recognizable, but you have to kind of almost be thinking of it. And, you know, said, what do you, what do you mean the weights as long as whatever it was? And then like very clearly jokingly said, do you know who I am? And then my friend like had to do the like, oh God, because she couldn't place her and was like, <laughs> please, please let this not. And then she started laughing and was like, I'm like needing you know, Bruce Willis or something, you know, like, <laughs> there any way we could like speed this up a little uh but yeah very clearly was not giving her a hard time or saying it for real but because my friend didn't recognize her she completely panicked it was just like and i just stared at her with my eyes as wide as they go and hoped that she would talk first (laughs) which she did (laughs) um yeah but yeah that's the only time my dad loves to say uh do you know who i'm not (laughs) a very dad joke sort of thing but yeah um yeah uh my my only note for this minute is that i absolutely adore cranky tiktok i'm sure you're all shocked to hear that you know in the 76th minute you've probably figured out what i kind of like in my characters the only the only other thing uh i had on this is it was just interesting where watching the gnome who's been very pleasant up to this point and you know it's the weird evil but pleasant thing that he's done and at the very end of this minute you finally see with the human eyes it sort of go wide a little bit he's 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 irritated by dorothy doing the whiny yelling thing and you see the real first glimpse of outward angry evil and it it leads up to sort of the cliffhanger of this minute yeah because even up through you know you didn't ask he's very calm and it's only when she starts to be like, well, we're not doing that, that he's like, oh, you'll do it. Yeah, it's an aggressiveness um, and a maliciousness that you haven't seen up to this point. Yeah. But I'm sure he'll calm down and everything will be fine in the next minute. He'll let them all go and everyone skips off down the yellow brick road. I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, is this a good minute time i know we've got this cliffhanger i know you want to know but i want to know brad had you seen this movie before did you know return to oz what's your uh what's your connection i know you mentioned having the books read to you so you were aware that this could this could sort of world could exist yeah um uh, when i watched this movie a few times when it sort of made its way through the cable runs where I remember being very young and my parents uh, my parents were like we lived in the middle of nowhere 
So my parents were very um, invested in getting cable as quickly as possible because we would that was the age of rabbit ears and you wouldn't get a great signal. So, and uh, this like made its way through like Showtime or HBO or in uh, the Philly area where I grew up, uh, there was also another paid channel called uh, Prism that ran Philadelphia sports and then also some movies. And uh, this ran there. And um, so it, it's, it's not a movie that I think had a really strong connection with me in and of itself, but I just find what they've done with all the variances of Wizard of Oz and how many swings they've taken at this. And they're trying to recapture the magic of, you know, the, the, the gigantic, the cultural uh, touch point that the, you know, the, the, the Judy Garland film is. And they haven't been able to do that, but they have created some really interesting different versions um, you know, talking about The Wiz, you know, Michael Jackson and Diana Ross starring in, you know, a, a, their own sort of more Motown music version of this story is really interesting. That didn't succeed. Um, and that's crazy. Just the idea of Michael Jackson at that time when he was getting pretty close to the peak of his career. And hey, kids, once upon a time, Michael Jackson was cool. I lived through it. It was a different time, but it happened. <laughs> We were witnesses to history. Yeah, and you know the idea of Michael Jackson, and Diana Ross. Diana Ross was a, who was a cultural icon, um, being in a movie, and it still wasn't successful. And that'd be—I'm trying to think if there's anything comparable. It'd be like a, a, a movie musical now that had uh, Lady Gaga and Justin Timberlake in it, in a musical, and it is bombing. You know, it might still. Uh, I know Justin Timberlake's tried a bunch of movies and none of them have caught on. And Lady Gaga is, I think, toying around with doing a, a remake of but A Star is Born. Yeah, I... Oh, shoot. I just saw something about that and now I don't remember. I just, like, saw the headline flash in the elevator and now I don't remember what it said. I think it's going to be her and Bradley Cooper, I want to say. Hmm. Um, and. But, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be like if, if La La Land had flopped. <laughs> right. And, and, and even beyond, because those aren't... Star- yeah. If La La Land had flopped with bigger musical acts starring mm. in it. And, you know, um, what's his name? Ryan Gosling is... Ryan Gosling's a weird actor where people love him, but he doesn't have a lot of black uh, blockbuster films under his belt. He doesn't... You know, he's never starred in a Jurassic Park or a Jurassic World, rather, or, a you know, a Marvel or a DC movie. He, he doesn't have a Pirates of the Caribbean. He's just... Like, reliably there. He's reliably there, and every it seems like every woman between the age of fifteen and forty-five have a crush on him. Um, the guys too, kind of maybe a different sort of crush. But I was at a party this weekend that turned into how great is Ryan Gosling? What's everyone's favorite Ryan Gosling movie? For the record, Drive. Um, but uh, oh, it, yeah. it wasn't the Adventures of Young Hercules. that one no it's you but yeah it's it's weird because growing up when i did i don't think of the whiz as a flop just because it has lived on so much but i mean at the time it definitely was right i i'm trying to remember because you know i wasn't exactly checking the box office returns 
at that point in time, but none of these iterations have it, ever done well, and they've um, yeah, you know, because the, the, the Wiz like disappeared for years, right, and then kind of had a little bit of a revival. Yeah, and um, okay. it, that was always sort of used as an example of there was a probably 10, 10 to twenty year period of time where nobody made musicals anymore because musicals weren't didn't do box office. We're still in that yeah. time. They don't make many musicals. Um, La La Land was sort of a, you know, La La Land sort of like almost the exception that proves the rule mm-hmm. where, okay, if you get two really, really hot Oscar caliber stars and don't make it a real musical, but you're sort of doing an homage to musicals and do all this twisting and turning, you can squeeze out a, a successful movie. Even then it, mm-hmm. it, it made money, but it wasn't like it, it didn't make, you know, Transformers money. It yeah. was just successful because it had, you know, a, a modest budget mm-hmm. and Oscar buzz. It's it, it's not like there's getting to be like ten comic book movies a year, and it's a genre that can reliably, you know, bring in more money than it costs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, going off track here. But I, I I just I find I find just the story behind Wizard of Oz and how much effort they put into it, and all the different variances they do to try to, you know squeeze more money and more success and more artistic merit out of it. And, uh, you know, this was another example of they return to Oz is really interesting where you, they, they, they tried to do it again. And with middling success, um, uh, financially and some interesting, you know, it's definitely an interesting movie and it's one that can connect with people. And also just, uh, Feruza Balk, who I think is wonderful. I, I, I just, I think it's a shame, I almost think, because uh, she's uh, in her 40s now, I feel like she was a little be- uh, before her time, hmm. because she has such an interesting look, and it, it, it sort of takes um, it, it, an interesting persona, and I feel like if she was 10 years younger, she could be doing uh, sort of the, the, taking Aubrey Plaza's place where you, you there's enough huh. there's enough of a niche market for someone with her look and her delivery where she doesn't mm-hmm. she doesn't have um uh, what you would consider classical leading lady good looks uh but uh, a woman with a talent and an interesting look and sort of a quirky uh delivery and persona hey you can find mm-hmm. a show for her on fx to yeah, uh, or a, a weird Netflix show like um, the Glow, the show that just came out. <laughs> uh, you know, put her on, on that with Allison Brie, and I think you would have a fantastic combination. And it, it's funny because you know, forties, you know, in her forties is certainly not old. Uh, she's certainly not over the hill, but some of those weird, quirky, on almost ingenue, but in a twisted way. Uh, she's mm-hmm. almost like aged past that, but she's not old enough to play. She's she, she's too old to play the ingenue, but she's not old enough to play the ingenue's mom. Ex- yes, she's um she's the age of uh what's the name of the show I'm obsessed with? Um, there's a TV show called I'm Sorry, starring Andrea Savage yeah. that just wrapped up its first season, and she's playing the mom of a five year old. And so for, I feel like Feruza Bulk would be in that generation, but the personality we're describing doesn't fit with that generation. Right, right. And, you know, and she's had a great career. It, it's, 
Oh, yeah. She always seems to be having so much fun, even when she's playing these completely crazy characters. Yeah, she's having a great time, and she she works in, you know, she has a career that 99.9% of people in Hollywood would, you know, they would, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they would sell their soul, but they would at least, like, rent it out (laughs) for a while. (laughs) Um, She's working consistently, it's just... um, Mm -hmm. It, it, it just seems almost a little bit of a waste where someone with that incredible talent and great look, and they just – sometimes Hollywood can't find a place for people. And uh, in it, But it's interesting to see this sort of weird topsy-turvy and ongoing career. She, you know, she's doing work on Ray Donovan. Uh, like She's worked on the, the show Ray Donovan and done work on Sopranos and um, some, some really neat stuff. And then also been, you know, stuck playing a romantic interest for Adam Sandler in a <laughs> one of his really bad movies. So it, it, it's interesting it to see where that starts. That. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a whole universe we've got to play with here. And I'm really glad they decided to go for it, even though this probably only got made because it was slipping through the cracks of Disney being at such a rough point in its in its existence uh and and almost didn't even for that at one point it was going to be shut down and it but it it made it it got out there and now we have this lovely cult classic to be obsessed with that's another thing that's hard for people to believe disney was and they were always uh surviving and doing well but they went through real slumps and Mm. it's now Disney just has so much product that they can put out because they have their own animated movies, they have their own live-action movies, and they own Marvel, and then they own Lucasfilms, and they own Pixar. So, you know, if for some reason they're, the Disney animated movies aren't doing well, okay, well, that's fine. There's going to be two, you know, a Pixar movie yeah. out every 18 months. They'll do fine. And A department can slump because the rest will cover for it until it gets back on its feet. Yeah, they're getting pretty close to too big to fail territory. <sighs> I want to criticize, and yet then I think about how excited I'm going to be to go to Star Wars <laughs> land, and that's... Don't, don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something for everyone. Can't go wrong. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. But that's... No, I... But that's what I—that's okay sort it. of what my my relationship with, you know, it's it's less about this movie and more just so interested in w- watching this property that's always going to come back and always have another swing at it, and you know if you, if this one doesn't and wondering is anyone going to be able to make another definitive Oz movie? And I don't think they can. I think the original is too iconic, but uh, they're going to keep trying. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, I will let you plug your own show but i wanted to use the beautiful segue if you enjoy listening to brad and sometimes me uh go off on pop culture not even tangents they follow it's, it's almost like dominoes falling <laughs> um but yeah the uh the cosmic geppetto podcast is just absolutely perfect for that <laughs> The, the, I think the best description I ever heard of this show and it's a vibe that we continue to go through was from uh, Kyle Crane from um, Paleo Media said that uh, our episodes sound like if you were at a Starbucks and you heard two really int- uh, 
a guy and a girl that are a really interesting guy and girl having a, a fun conversation about their favorite uh, geeky movie or geeky book or geeky comic, and you got to listen to that for an hour. That's pretty much the show. <laughs> and uh, we get great guests uh, like Tierney. She's been on three times, like uh, the, the Crane Brothers from Pele Media, uh, like uh, Kathleen Macklin, um, who's uh, been on the show a couple times and has uh, worked her way around to cut one or two of uh, – she was on uh, Never Ending Minute. Yep. Uh, and yep. she's amazing. Um, we, and also very cool guests like um, – uh, Richard Lloyd, uh, an iconic guitarist from the 70s, 80s uh, band Television, uh, who also worked with uh, Matthew Sweet on his incredible albums from the 90s. Uh, and we just had an interview with the uh, incomparable Robin Paris, who was a supporting mm-hmm. player in the movie The Room, uh, the, uh, what do they like to call it, the Citizen Kane of terrible movies. I cannot wait for that episode to come out. <laughs> it's so fun. And it was, she was a great sport. We had a, a, a good time. Uh, and I made sure not to just ask her a bunch of questions about how crazy Tommy Wazow is. <laughs> oh, well, you've been a great sport here this week. We've got one more day to cover. If you're willing to grace us with your presence once again. Oh, certainly. I am back. Well, so let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's end this on a high note. We, we couldn't leave you on the cliffhanger wondering what the fire whatever it is um if you're looking for our podcast we're return to osminute.com that's got links to all our social media or you can find us by looking up osminute on twitter instagram facebook you can join our listeners flying sofa which is a facebook group where we all talk to each other we share crazy theories we also share memories so like if you want to come talk about fruza balk and do like dream recasting and stuff like that come do it like i would love to have those conversations there yeah join the join the sofa it's always room for more even (laughs) though dorothy's can only fit a couple people ours is unlimited Woo! yeah yeah the gump may be gone from this minute but he lives on (laughs) all right um we ready to i think so magic all right we are Tiog. Tiog.